season is upon us finally dad you and i have something to discuss the new bundesliga season the new super cup final between arba leipzig and bayern munich and i say arba leipzig first but they were the champions even though they were way to allianz arena but firstly dad it is a delight to welcome you back ahead of the bundesliga 2023 2024 season thank you marcus uh and yes we have a lot of to discuss and it's quite interesting for the two of us because I mean, we love all our football, but we love mostly Premier League and Bundesliga. They are the two leagues that we do love. And and with, with Harry Kane, the England football captain, the England team captain, the Spurs captain going to Bayern, that is a massive signing. It's a massive signing for Bundesliga, Germany and Bayern Munich. Imagine the frustration for, for, for German football when they just see they are a, a league that kind of creates top players like Sancho, like Erling Haaland sending them to the Premier League, then Lewandowski leaving Bayern, going to La Liga, Jude Bellingham leaving for La Liga. And now they managed to take this back. And that is unbelievable. I just want to say, uh, apologize, because I was I was about to be um, uh, checked into the hotel, uh, but it was a bit late uh, for me. So if someone come over hissing at me uh, because I'm sitting outside a business center in Manchester, uh, I would just because before I ask you, Marcus, how your weekend uh, been, I would just say that I've started my Premier League weekend, uh, Burnley, Manchester City on Friday, Arsenal Forest on Saturday, and then Saturday night, of course, watching the Super Cup on the TV. Uh, yesterday, uh, what, what was I yesterday, Marcus? I was at Chelsea against Liverpool. Uh, so now I'm in Manchester doing Manchester United against Wolves. So it's been a, a busy weekend and uh, I guess not so busy for you, Marcus. Not as busy as that, but I think compared to you, Dad, I think everyone is less busy. Um, Thrown straight into it uh, for yourself, four games. I only had one game to properly work for, and that was the Swindon game. Swindon against Crew Alexandra in the League Two opener, which I did the commentary for BBC, which was delightful. A new mural, Dad, that I finally got to see of yourself. Uh, um, great with The photo. likes of Glenn Hoddle and Chris Kamara. So now you've got two murals there. So uh, it's nice to be reunited with what is ultimately my birthplace as well and, and hold special memories for yourself. And But I guess you did address it. Like, let's just go into the Harry Kane a bit because you had a, um, you had a piece in the Daily Mail actually yesterday uh, that I was fortunate enough to read and you likened the move to a Kevin Keegan going back to, or going to Hamburg. Um, and he was England captain at the time as well. Is that, is that so? Uh, yes, somebody will probably be better yeah, well, than me. Either saying, way, but, but, yeah, but he, he was, was he, the he significance was of him moving. You like yes. it to that, and we have listeners across the the whole age range. But you address that the significance of the Bundesliga getting someone like the England captain, and quite frankly, a, a move that was much needed for the Bundesliga when, because of the market dynamics, a lot of the stars end up leaving the Bundesliga. Yeah, Marcus, and it was no coincidence that I did that. Kevin Keegan in the 70s, he was the big superstar of football in the whole world. Liverpool were the best, best team in the world. They won, won the Champions League uh, back in then. They had another name, but they won, won the, that, the Champions League. 
uh, and and suddenly he moved to Germany. That was that was big. He, he went to a very good uh, Hamburg uh, team, of course. But but still, and if you see back in the days, I try because I love my German football. And yes, they've had some great footballers there. Ribery, Robin, they picked up Bayern. Erling Haaland came. But Erling Haaland came from Salzburg as a young kid. He was proven in the Champions League, sensational in his first season for Salzburg in the Champions League, of course, scoring a hat-trick on his debut. Jude Bellingham came, there was a great talent. Sancho came as a kind of, I'm not saying failed in the academy thing, but he was developing players. But this is the first time, and probably someone will correct me, uh, but I will say that this is the first time since Kevin Keegan, since they get a proven one of the best players in the world. And and the Hurricane saga has been very interesting because he had one year left of his contract. Uh, it was all the matter of the Premier League record of Alan Shearer. And there was a lot of things uh, going on. So it's been an unbelievable saga. It's been an unbelievable transfer soap opera because the Germans, the German journalists tend to know more from the from the the management of the different clubs, Uli Hoeneß went public and talked about it, and then on the other hand, you had Levy and Hurricane say nothing. But 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 I I shouldn't talk more about this now because we talked about this before. But Hurricane, I feel we have talked about it all summer, Marcus, you and myself. So uh, yesterday at the game at Stamford Bridge, yesterday being Sunday, I did Chelsea Liverpool, and I met David Ornstein, and David Ornstein is one of the two three most credible transfer uh, partners or agents or journalists or reports there, call it whatever you want on, on Twitter. And I, I spoke to him about this saga and how he had worked on it because he was always on a front foot of the whole saga. So we can listen to my interview with him from Stanford Bridge uh, on Sunday. When one of the main men at Twitter at the moment I saw today, David, or was it yesterday, that they were discussing, was it you or Fabrizio Romano, who are the GOAT on transfer? <laughs> the first comment on that, mate. <laughs> well, it's, I, I hadn't seen that, so you, you've caught me on the spot, but Fabrizio and all the guys that do the work of this nature and other natures, whether it be commentary or feature writing and interviews in this industry, I've got absolute maximum respect for. They're amazing. And I'm in awe of many of you guys in broadcasting and print too. So it's, it's an amazing time. To yeah, be in it's this an amazing industry. time. But David, I, I love the way you have found your position. You made your, make your trade you know, through hard work. And I, I kind of love that. And we're talking about Kane in this episode. And how did you first come aware of uh, kind of the development that something could happen with Kane and Bayern Munich? Uh, well, first of all, it came out of the blue because we knew that this would be a, an interesting summer for Harry Kane. Is he going to see out his final year or make a transfer? And there were rumours starting to build on, I think, Real Madrid, Manchester United. There was nothing really on Bayern Munich. Uh, and then bang, I got some information. Uh, it must have been in June time that uh, Bayern Munich were ready with that first bid, 70 million euros plus add-ons. And you think, goodness me, and make your checks and try and cross-reference and corroborate and make sure you're absolutely right, even though some people were denying it. And you have to try and um, sift through the facts and the fiction. And, and, and it was true. And, and that was the moment that the ball, publicly anyway, started rolling on this. Clearly in the weeks leading up to it, there would have been talks behind the scenes. But once Bayern start with something like that, once these big clubs get their teeth into a situation, they don't like to come away without the player at the end of it. And so even though the talks went one way and the other, 
there were bids rejected, there were ups and downs, there were probably a lot of politics at play and things that happened behind the scenes. In the end, they got where they wanted to be, but let's see how the transfer plays out because it's, you know, it's not been the best start with the Super Cup, but I think it's a very good chance for Harry Kane to win trophies. It's also a great chance for Tottenham to try and rebuild. So let's hope that it's a win-win for all parties. And what's interesting with the, with the work you're doing, and I'm part of doing that sometimes when I know some players, is that where do you find a balance between use your sources, being used by your sources, not being limited by your sources? How do you uh, cope with that? There are no rules, and so you have to feel every situation. So, uh, firstly, you've got to stand by your values and your ethics and your processes, whether people like it or not. Whether you lose stories or gain them, you've got to do things the right way. And if you do things the right way, you will normally come out on the right side. You, you'll get the story right, even if you're not first. Um, and sometimes you will be first. Um, you keep building your connections. You keep making sure that even when you're told something by the most trustworthy people, that you check it and make sure it's absolutely right. And sometimes you, you might not be told the truth, but by doing the extra checks, you'll normally get to the truth. Um, sometimes people ask you not to do stuff and, and then you've got a dilemma, you know, do I play the long game and, and could it serve me well in the future or actually do I need to press forward with this because if I don't do it somebody else will, um, it's the right thing to do because you've followed the right procedure and so you're dealing with everything on a case by case basis, there are no sort of rules, there's no syllabus, there's no set way to do things and when you've been doing it for so many years as I have professionally since 2006 you gain an experience and an understanding of how things go a sort of um, it's on touch and, and, and feeling and perception and your work stands the test of time you're learning always um, sometimes it goes wrong you have knockbacks you lose stories you have setbacks uh, sometimes you win and if you understand that you win some you lose some and keep doing things the right way always being alert they say the best never rest I'm not the best but I never rest and when I say I never rest of course you have to sleep at times but there are occasions when uh, don't take your eye off the ball you know never stop being focused and of course you have to have your downtime and, and there are distractions but always be aware of stuff always be speaking to people always be keeping your ear to the ground and and seeing situations and and thinking what might come of that if somebody's going there then someone has to leave there yeah, yeah. and start thinking laterally and and respect the industry and um and the people involved in it and um do the best you can and that's why we're going to end this with um with easy questions or quick questions and quick answers so we'll start with in a transfer window how many hours of sleep will you get in average? Not a long answer, just a quick. Five hours, four. Five hours. Four or five hours. How many telephones have you got? One. I used to have two. I've now got one that has two numbers on it. How many charges do you have, power banks? Um, four or five cables, adapters, you name it. We lose power, we lose stories. How many WhatsApp groups are you part of? Groups, uh, you know, uh, a, a large number. How many WhatsApp messages are going at the same time? Uh, hundreds, hundreds and maybe even thousands of messages a day and calls, of course, and conversations. Um, if you are a, 
know, a sporting director or an agent, you're, you're, you're often dealing with one situation intensively. People who do our jobs are trying to jump between yeah. loads of them. And so, yeah, it, the phone bill must be high. The only thing I know that is this man worked very hard, very successful. David, thanks for visiting our podcast, it's the German pleasure. Football Podcast. Thank you for having Cheers, mate. And that was David Ornstein with you, Dad, at Stamford Bridge. As you said, one of the more reputable voices within the entire transfer saga of Harry Kane and beyond into English football. But, Dad, let's get into Kane's debut. Um, we watched the game, each our different couches, of course. Um, he came on the 64th minute. RB Leipzig were 2 0 up. Four minutes later, Danny Olmo pretty much kills the game 3 0. A hat trick for Danny Olmo. Um, in a game that Arba Leipzig thoroughly deserved, I know you could say Bayern had their chances and what have you, and and I tweeted it to the point in which you have the departures of Nkunku, you have Leimer, you have Schoboschlei, you have a lot of key figures in this Arba Leipzig team, and in comes younger players, a, a recruiting model that is more maybe reminiscent of when Ragnik was there in terms of that buying young and selling and what have you, and even though they have... There is less experience simply because of the departure. So it was very interesting to see how this new look under Rossi would look. Um, but one of those who has stayed is Dani Olmo. And there was uh, calls for him to really, you know, call up to this occasion in which he had to maybe take one of those leading um, roles. And he sure did with a hat-trick, a fantastic, the second goal, Dad, where he does a, like a little Zidane or a Maradona turn, depending on what generation you uh, belong to. A thoroughly deserved win, win for RB Leipzig. And I guess, where does that leave Bayern? Because as Tokel pointed to, there was nothing much a change from this performance against RB Leipzig to the one they when they played RB Leipzig in the second to last match day of last season. Yeah, I think it's right, Mark, that we start with RB Leipzig because you know the crisis at Bayern. You know the crisis. And I, we will talk about that afterwards, about Bayern and the consequences and Tuchel. Tuchel, uh, how long will he be there? If This will be the trend of the season or trend of this season. There was a trend of the last season uh, after Dortmund more or less gave them the trophy. But I think that we should great a great compliment to, to RB Leipzig and Marco Rosa. The, the script was written. Uh, Harry Kane should come there, uh, get a title, finally get a title. Uh, he should maybe come on for 20, 30 minutes, get a goal or a penalty or whatever. Uh, and then Danny, Danny Olmo stole the stage, so to say. And, and as you were saying, the way Arbe Leipzig is playing is a consequence of a philosophy. And, it's and, and sometimes people underestimate how long it takes a player to adjust to a new club. And I think that if if we use Sesko, the the young striker coming from Salzburg, he's gone through the Red Bull Academy, the philosophy of the coaches. Marco Rosa started off in in Salzburg, of course. He was the the first uh, foreign coach of of Erling Haaland doing that. And you can see the runs they're doing. There, there is a philosophy behind them. I will compare a bit with Chelsea-Liverpool Sunday, the game I did there. You see, when you get a coach like Pochettino, you see straight away what they try to do. It's not a finished, it's not a finished article. It's not a, uh, it's a developing or an evolution. But you, you see what they try to do. Uh, and and you saw that with Leipzig as well. Yes, Bayern created enough chances to win to to get goals to win the game, but the way they went forward, Leipzig, fantastic. And and you mentioned all the players they've given away, but still, 
in the attacking department, they have Olmo, they have Pausen, they have Werner, they have Cesco. This is a club that just produce attackers, players that love to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy to play. I will compare them, Marcus, because I saw a lot of games. I saw Match of the Day, Saturday. That is a good thing, but you stay over here. You can see all the TV programs. I will compare them a bit with Newcastle. There is something about those two teams, Leipzig and, and, and Newcastle, are fun to watch. There is something about them. There are, there, when they go forward, it's a lot of players going forward. You see there is an attitude of going forward. I love that. And I also have in common that with Eddie Howe and Marco Rosa, two great coaches. And I, and I always said that, and we discussed this, Marcus, that Marco Rosa was hard done by at, at Dortmund. He was fired after one year. And, and I always liked him, always rated him as a coach and as a, as a human being. I, I always have a good report with him. And I, I just love to see him doing well. Uh, and I guess that will be the bridge to the other coach. But you can start on. Uh, but what do you think about the new players? How do you think they set in at Leipzig? Yeah, but let's just a quick kind of breakdown of the Leipzig team. I mentioned their, their their departures, but then you bring in someone like Eshesko, who didn't even start, uh, a Sebald from also from uh, from RB Salzburg. Their Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull Salzburg. Yes, very <laughs> important because of the uh, the whole European rule and what have you. Their 18th and 19th signing of the last nine years from. Red Bull, Salzburg, to RB Leipzig. You had Sebald coming in there, who has to fill in kind of the role that Leimer left. You obviously have the hole that Nkunku has left. But then you have someone like Shesko who, who brings a physique to him, but rather athletic for his size. You still have um, you still have Timo Werner there, who there are a bit question marks regarding Rossi to, to, and Werner, whether how he rates him, thought he did decently well. But the player, when I watched that game, and one of the most desirable youngsters in world football at the moment, albeit on a one-year loan, no obligation to buy, but Savi Simmons there, what a joy to watch. This kind of youthful spirit in which he played with. You had him and Daniel Mo. You have a like of a Forsberg on the bench even as well. So even though they lost a lot of players, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty exciting look. One of the more exciting kind of uh, RB Leipzig teams that I've seen in a few years. But I'm very curious how that will translate over the course of a season because the quality is undoubtedly there. And then you have a Carvalho, another Loney from Liverpool there as well. So it's an exciting look. And then compare that to Bayern, who've gotten their number one target finally got their number nine like we discussed throughout all season starting from the very beginning of last season when Nagelsmann said oh we don't need a number nine what have you doesn't hide from the fact that Bayern needs strengthening in other departments as well so links with Pavard now leaving because I've never heard of a player more in my life who has publicly expressed that he doesn't like to play the position he's playing in so he might leave so you don't you have limited right back cover you have the goalkeeper situation in which they haven't been able to resolve. They've got their center back in Kim. Fantastic signing at that. But that Bayern team, I can't say it much, looks very much different in terms of the personnel is there to some extent, especially going forward. But coverage, but also the the energy play where you'd expect Bayern at Allianz Arena to be a lot, to pose himself a lot more than he did. So I'm not sure if Kane, that is, while he does... Is the answer to a lot of the prayers. I don't know if he's answers to 100% of those. I don't know what you think. 
I think your analysis is good, Marcus. Uh, I think that if if Kane is the answer to everything, then we have uh, the, the the question is wrong because goalkeeper situation. If we take it down in micro, so they were looking for a goalkeeper who is very good, a goalkeeper who would say when Manuel Neuer finally gets fit, that seems to take longer and longer. Imagine this ski trip that he'd done, how much money that has cost Bayern. But when, so they need, a, they need a goalkeeper who comes in and says, yes, I'm confident to be a world-class goalkeeper. When Manuel Neuer says he's fit, I'm going to put myself on the bench. That is point one. And then Tuchel says he needs a number six. Kimmich said, says, I am a number six. That is one thing. Kane will score his goals. Kane will play in a sort of a number nine, number ten. I think Musiala, uh, Gnabry, uh, Leroy Sané, and, and all of them, they will do ever, Coleman, they will do ever so good playing with him because he's a great link-up player. And I think I think that can only make them better. But the problem is with Bayern at the moment, it doesn't look like a team. There is, there is no, you don't, you don't, you, you can't see them hang together, if that is the English expression. It's, it's, it sounded like a Norwegian-English expression. But, but it's, it's, you, you see the different players, the different parts of the team doesn't seem to fit. That doesn't seem to happen. And I must also say, Marcus, you know that I'm a big fan of Thomas Tuchel. I like him a lot. But I think that some of the interviews he made after the game, yes, his position has been strengthened uh, in the Bayern uh, uh, hierarchy, help me with that word. Hierarchy, yeah. Hierarchy, hierarchy defending. Yeah, he's been strengthening, but I, I think that he got a bit of a, uh, of a, of another God syndrome, but it was a God syndrome-ish thing because he just said, I can't do anything. I, I can't do it. What can I do? I can't, can't see we've done anything in the preseason or anything. That that was terrible and, and all those kind of things. I think that maybe that is the way to kind of uh, challenge the player to to put them out on the stage say you have to produce the funny thing now marcus is that they just had the first round of the cup in in germany Werder bremen got knocked out there's always one team eintracht won seven nil against locomotive leipzig the other another leipzig team but uh Werder bremen knocked out first game of the season Werder bremen against bayern munich and you just feel that that's going to be a tough game for Bayern uh, because they have to sort these kind of things out. If I can end this <laughs> by saying that we follow a lot of English pundits and English pundits, when they talk about German football, there is a lack of knowledge. The only thing they will see is that Bayern has won it 11 times in a row. They, they will see that. Fair point. I take that point. But if they think that Harry Kane will come to Germany and just fly and surf through that league and get his goals without being under pressure, well, this first game of the season was a, a good uh, warning on that. I tweeted straight after the game. I said, Harry Kane will now learn how quick things will turn around, even in Germany. And 10 minutes later, Bild Zeitung had a headline saying, Kane is da, title weg. Also, Kane is there, but the title is gone. So, and of course, that was nothing to do with Kane and, and Lucy here. He slept four hours. He's been like for, for for a couple of days, but still, just shows you the pressure you will be under at Bayern. Bayern is the club that everybody talk about, everybody write about. 
everybody wants to get their stories out. So, so Harry Kane, will he score a lot of goals? Yes. Will, he, will there be a lot of pressure on him? Well, yes. They sold 10,000 shirts the first day, Marcus. They had the biggest turnover ever in their lands in a supporter shop ever. That is Harry Kane coming to Munich. And we certainly look forward to watching Harry Kane ourselves in the Bundesliga as we cover this upcoming season, Dad. A interesting look with different teams. We've got Arba Leipzig going as Leverkusen in the first game. Two outsiders for the title, potentially, and what have you. I guess any parting words, Dad, as, uh, as we conclude the Super Cup and look ahead to the real deal, the new Bundesliga season. Well, some of our colleagues are uh, doing great podcasts. I am a big fan of Rest is Politics, Rest is History. I know even Rest is Football with uh, Micah Richards, Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker. And they use this expression, the emergency podcast. This was our emergency podcast in terms of what are happening uh, at Bayern. And with, with Harry Kane, we will have the preview. But I think that, Marcus, we always wish when we come into a new season that, that Dortmund, that Leverkusen, that uh, Abel Leipzig get a bit better, that, that they're coming closer to Bayern. But I guess we also have to be honest that we also, as neutrals, have to hope that Bayern get a bit weaker. The big, I've always said, and that has been, I've worked with German football for many, many years, I've always said that the, the biggest opponent, the biggest enemy of Bayern is Bayern themselves. They somehow managed to, to make a theatre. They somehow managed to do something. And wow, now they did it before the Bundesliga even started. And with Thomas Tuchel, he's just been there for five minutes. His record of the first games is worse than Julian Nagelsmann. Julian Nagelsmann, we haven't heard from him since he was fired. Uh, so Thomas Tuchel is on, under pressure straight away. And uh, we love our German football. We love to see Harry Kane there. We're also excited by him. But in the first game... This is a friend of our podcast, Phil Krug, is of course our number one striker in that game. So we just hope that we'll have a great game, the Werder Bremen against uh, Werder Bremen against Bayern, and then for Frankfurt, they're playing the local derby in Darmstadt. It's their big brother against his uh, little brother, so that's going to be an exciting as well. So thanks, Marcus. It was great to speak to you as always. Likewise, that, and then we'll talk soon and be back for our season preview. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen.